Chapter Six of the Diamond Pin by Carolyn Wells. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Six, Lucille. I am Miss Lucille Darrell. People are usually cognizant of their own names, but few could throw more convincing certainty into the announcement than the speaker. One felt sure at once that her name was as she stated and had been so for a long time the first adjective one would think of applying to miss darrell would be positive she was that by every implication of her being her hair was positively white her eyes positively black her manner and expression were positive and her very walk as she stepped into the pelbrook living-room was positive and unhesitating iris chanced to be there alone for the moment alone that is save for the casket containing the body of ursula pell the great room set in order for the funeral was filled with rows of folding chairs and the oppressive odour of massed flowers permeated the place the girl stood beside the casket tears rolling down her cheeks and her whole body shaking with suppressed sobs why you poor child said the newcomer in most heartfelt sympathy are you iris the acquiescent reply was lost as miss darrell gathered the slim young figure into her embrace there there she soothed cry all you want to poor little girl she gently smoothed iris's hair and together they stood looking down at the quiet white face you loved her so and miss darrell's tone was soft and kind i did iris said feeling at once that she had found a friend oh miss darrell how kind you are people think i didn't love aunt ursula because because we were both high-tempered and we did quarrel but underneath we were truly fond of each other and if i seem cold and uncaring it isn't the truth it's because-because never mind dear you may have many reasons to conceal your feelings i know you loved her i know you revere her memory for i saw you as i entered when you thought you were all alone i am alone miss darrell i am very lonely i'm glad you have come i've been wanting to see you it's all so terrible so mysterious and-and they suspect me iris's dark eyes stared with fear into the kind ones that met hers and once again she began to tremble now now my child don't talk like that i'm here and i'll look after you suspect you indeed what nonsense but it's most inexplicable isn't it i know so little only what i've read in the papers i came from albany last night i started as soon as i possibly could and travelled as fast as i could i want to hear all about it but not from you you're worn out you poor dear you ought to be in bed this minute oh no miss darrell i'm all right only i've a lot on my mind you see and-and again iris with a glance of distress at the cold dead face burst into tumultuous weeping come out of this room said miss darrell positively it only shakes your nerves to stay here come show me to my room where shall i lodge this house is mine now or soon will be you knew that didn't you yes said iris listlessly i knew aunt ursula meant to leave it to you but i don't know whether she did or not and i don't care i only care for one thing but miss darrell was not listening she was observing and admiring the house itself the colonial staircase the well-proportioned rooms and halls and the attractive furnishings i'll give you the rose guest-room 
iris said leading her toward it as they reached the upper hall winston bannard is here but no other visitors if there are other heirs i suppose mr chapin has notified them i suppose so returned miss darrell preoccupiedly when will the services be held this afternoon at two it will be a large funeral everybody in berrien knew aunt ursula and people will come up from new york now have you everything you want to make you comfortable in here yes thank you replied miss darrell after a quick comprehensive glance around the room and wait a moment iris mayn't i call you iris yes indeed i'm glad to have you i only want to say that i want to be your friend please let me and come to me freely for comfort or advice or anything i can do to help you thank you miss darrell i am indeed glad to have a friend for i am lonely and frightened but i can't say more now someone is calling me iris ran downstairs and found winston bannard eagerly asking for her i've unearthed aunt ursula's diary he exclaimed was it hidden not exactly but old hughes wouldn't let me rummage around in the desk much so i took a chance when he was out of the way and it was in an upper drawer come on let's go and read it why now yes look here iris you want to trust me in this thing you want to let me take care of you thank you win i'm glad to have you but iris spoke constrainedly by the way miss darrell is here who's she oh that cousin of aunt ursula's not really her cousin but a relative of mr pell's i never knew her did you no what's she like oh she's lovely kind and capable but rather dictatorial or at least decided does she get the house she says so and i know auntie spoke of leaving it to her because i believe mr pell had wished it what about the jewels iris oh win i wish you wouldn't talk or think about those things till after after the funeral i know it seems strange i know i seem mercenary and all that but it isn't so iris there's something wrong going on and unless we are careful and alert we'll lose our inheritance yet what do you mean never mind but come with me and let's take a glimpse into the diary i tell you we ought to do it it may mean everything iris followed him to a small enclosed porch off the dining-room and they put their heads together over the book it was funny for ursula pell couldn't help being funny one entry read felt like the old scratch to-day so took it out on iris poor girl i am ashamed of myself to tease her so but she's such a good-natured little ninny she stands it as few girls would i must make it up to her in some way and another read at random up a stump to-day for some mischief to get into satan doesn't look out properly for my idle hands i manicured them carefully and sat waiting for some real nice mischief to come along but none did so i hunted up some for myself it's agnes's night out and i stuffed the kitchen door keyhole with putty won't she be mad she'll have to ring polly up and she'll be mad too i'll give agnes my black lace parasol to make up what a scamp i am i feel like little toddy and helen's babies who used to pray dee lord not make me show bad well i suppose tis my nature too these are late dates said bannard running over the leaves let's look further back it was not a yearly diary but a good-sized blank book in which the writer had jotted down her notes as she felt inclined 
something was written every day but it might be a short paragraph or several pages in length here's something about us and bannard pointed to a page the entry ran to-day i gave the box for iris into mr chapin's keeping i shall never see it again after i am gone he will give it to i and she can have it for what it's worth i'll leave the f pocket-book to winston the house must go to lucille but the young people won't mind that as they will have enough that's all right isn't it iris looks as if we were the principal heirs you can't tell win she may have changed her mind a dozen times that's so let's see if there's anything about mr bowen and his chalice oh she only thought of that last sunday don't be too sure i shouldn't be surprised if the old chap got round her long ago and had the matter all fixed up and she pretended it was a new idea i can't think that you can't eh well listen here sometimes i think it would be a good deed to use half of the jewels for a gift to the church if i should take the whole anderson lot there would be plenty left for w and i what is the anderson lot iris asked a certain purchase that the old man got through a dealer or an agent named anderson aunt ursula used to talk over these things with me and all of a sudden she shut up on the subject and never mentioned jewels to me again she talked of them to me sometimes but never anything of definite importance she spoke of the baltimore emeralds but i know nothing of them they're mentioned here see the balto emeralds will make a wonderful necklace for i when she gets older i hope i may live long enough to see the child decked out in them i believe i'll tell her the jewels are all in the crypt in the crypt oh win you know mr brown said he thought they were buried isn't a crypt a burial place in a church yes but a crypt may be anywhere any vault is a crypt really but a bank vault wouldn't be called a crypt would it not generally speaking no but she probably changed the hiding-place a dozen times since this was written well we'll know all when we hear the will isn't it a queer thing to put all of one's fortune in jewels she didn't do it her husband did and everybody says he was a shrewd old chap and you know he made wonderful collections of coins and curios and all sorts of things yes up in the attic is a big portfolio of steel engravings i can't admire them much but they're valuable auntie said once it seems uncle pell was a perfect crank on engravings of all sorts i know she gave me an intaglio topaz for a watch fob i didn't care much about it i'm crazy to see my diamond pin i've heard about that for years no matter how often she changed her will she told me that diamond pin was always bequeathed to me perhaps it's her choicest gem perhaps listen to this iris i am going to new york next tuesday i shall give winston a cheap-looking pair of gloves but i shall first put a hundred-dollar bill in each finger she did that you know and i was so mad when she gave them to me i was within an ace of throwing them away but i caught sight of a bulge in the thumb and i just thought in time there might be some joke on didn't she beat the dickens she did oh win you don't know how she humiliated and hurt me but i'm sorry now that i wasn't more patient you were iris here's proof i put a wee little toad in iris's handbag to-day 
we were going to the village and when she opened the bag mr toad jumped out iris loathes toads but i must say she took it beautifully i bought her a muff and stole of hud seal to make up poor auntie said iris as the tears came she always wanted to make up i believe she couldn't help those silly tricks when it was a sort of mania with her pshaw she could have helped it if she wanted to somebody's coming put the book away now that somebody proved to be miss darrell who when bannard was presented gave him a cordial smile and proceeded to make friendly advances at once we three are the only relatives present she said and we must sympathize with and help one another you can help me said iris who was irresistibly drawn to the strong efficient personality but i fear i can't help you though i am more than willing it is a pleasure just to look at you my dear you are so sweet and unspoiled bannard gave miss darrell a quick glance her speech to him savoured of sycophancy but not to iris she slipped her hand into that of her new friend and gave her a smile of glad affection luncheon was announced and after that came the solemn observances of the funeral as miss darrell had said the three were the only relatives present ursula pell had other kin but none were near by enough to attend the funeral of casual friends there were plenty and of neighbours and villagers enough to fill the house and more too iris heard nothing of the services entirely unnerved she lay on the bed in her own room and sobbed almost hysterically agnes brought sal volatile and aromatic ammonia but the sight of the maid roused iris's excitement to a higher pitch and finally miss darrell took complete charge of the nervous girl i'm ashamed of myself iris said when at last she grew calmer but i can't help it there's a curse on the house on the place on the family miss darrell save me save me from what is about to befall yes dear yes rest quietly no harm shall come to you the shock has completely upset you you've borne up so bravely and now the reaction has come and you're feverish and ill take this my child and try to rest quietly iris took the soothing draught and fell for a few moments into a troubled slumber but almost immediately she roused herself and sat bolt upright i didn't kill her she said her large dark eyes burning into miss darrell's own no no dear you didn't kill her never mind that now we'll find it all out in good time i don't want it found out it must not be found out won't you take away that detective man he knows too much oh yes he knows too much hush dear please don't make any disturbance now they're taking your aunt away are they and suddenly iris calmed herself and stood up quite still and composed let me see she said no i don't want to go down i want to look out of the windows kneeling at the front window of miss darrell's room in utter silence iris watched the bears take the casket out of the door poor aunt ursula she whispered softly i did love you i'm sorry i didn't show it more i wish i had been less impatient but i will avenge your death i didn't think i could but i must i know i must and i will do it i promise you aunt ursula i vow it who killed her miss darrell spoke softly and in a nod tone i can't tell you but i i am the avenger 
it was an hour or more later when the group gathered in the living-room listened to the reading of ursula pell's last will and testament mr bowen's round face was solemn and sad mrs bowen was pale with weeping miss darrell kept a watchful eye on iris but the girl was quite her normal self winston bannard was composed and somewhat stern-looking and the servants huddled in the doorway waiting their word as might have been expected from the eccentric old lady the will was long and couched in a mass of unnecessary verbiage but it was duly drawn and witnessed and its decrees were altogether valid as was anticipated the house and estate of pellbrook were bequeathed to miss lucille darrell the positive nod of that lady's head expressed her satisfaction and mr chapin proceeded followed a few legacies of money or valuables to several more distant relatives and friends and then came the list of servants a beautiful set of cameos was given to agnes a collection of rare coins to the purdies and a wonderful gold watch with a jewelled fob to campbell a clause of the will directed that if any of the legatees prefer cash to sentiment they are entirely at liberty to sell their gifts and it is recommended that mr brown will make for them the most desirable agent the greater part of my earthly possessions the will continued is in the form of precious stones these gems are safely put away and their whereabouts will doubtless be disclosed in due time the entire collection is together in one place and it is to be shared alike by my two nearest and dearest of kin iris clyde and winston bannard and i trust that in the possession and enjoyment of this wealth they will forgive and forget any silly tricks their foolish old aunt may have played upon them also i give and bequeath to my niece iris clyde the box tied with a blue silk thread now in the possession of charles chapin this box contains the special legacy which i have frequently told her should be hers also i give and bequeath to my husband's nephew winston bannard the florentine pocket-book which is in the upper right-hand compartment of the desk in my sitting-room and which contains a receipt from craig marsden and company of chicago this receipt he will find of interest that pocket-book cried bannard why that's the one the thief emptied every one looked up aghast the empty pocket-book found flung on the floor of the ransacked room was certainly a florentine illuminated leather but whether it was the one meant in the will who knew after concluding the reading of the will mr chapin handed to iris the box that had been entrusted to his care it was very carefully sealed and tied with a blue silk thread slowly almost reverently iris broke the seals and opened the box from it she took the covering bit of crumpled white tissue paper and found beneath it a silver ten-cent piece and a common pin a dime and pin cried bannard instantly one of aunt ursula's jokes well if that isn't the limit iris was white with indignation i might have known she said i might have known with an angry gesture she threw the dime far out of the window and cast the pin away letting it fall where it would End of chapter six